but what I want to talk about today, uh, I, I've titled this one, uh, Knit Together. Knit uh, Together. This is a phrase that's used a couple of times in the New Testament, and we're going to read um, those, those verses. They're in Colossians, if you want to turn there. Colossians chapter 2. We're going to skip around a bit in Colossians chapter 2. And I think you'll see the, uh, the concept here, and I think it's a very important one. To set the stage for this, the conversation revolved around why go to church, basically, was, was the question. I'm going to make a couple of assumptions here. I'm going to make an assumption, hopefully for everyone who's here, uh, that you're attending a, uh, a Bible-based true church, right? One that is teaching and preaching the truth, that stands for the truth, the Word of God, that has correct doctrines and things of that nature. So then there comes a great question is, you know, how do you select a church? Why do you go to church? Why do you even show up? Why don't you just listen online or attend virtually as we had to for a short period of time? Why do I think, I'm going to be very biased here, that it's good that we go to a church of this size where you can get to know each other and support each other and love each other and not get completely lost in a crowd? That was one of the positives this person I spoke with said. Well, he says, I like it because I can go and no one knows if I'm there or not. Okay. But I think there's better. I think there's a reason that we go to a church. I think there's a reason that Christ established this concept that we call a church. I personally, for functional reasons, think there's a good reason to have it to be a size in which you can know people. Now, we can get larger. That's perfectly fine. And we could be smaller. That's fine as well. But the idea that you know each other, that you are knit together, as we'll see here in just a minute, is extremely important and is vital, I think, for all of us to be together. And I think you can see the importance of that this morning, both in the prayer requests, both in the discussion of a, of a graduate. This idea that we are unified together is very important. So in Colossians, I want to start reading the second chapter, second verse. It says that all their hearts may be encouraged, being knit together in love, to reach all the riches of full assurance of understanding and knowledge of God's mysteries, which is in Christ. Now I'm going to skip a little bit because the author here changes the focus just temporarily and starts talking about how we are alive in Christ and how we live in Christ. And then comes back to this idea of being knit together and unified in Christ. So I'm going to skip uh, a couple of verses, not because they're not important, but for the focus of the text today, I want to go from uh, Colossians 2.2 down to Colossians 2.18. And so then he says, Let no one disqualify you, insisting on asceticism and worshiping of angels, going on in detail about visions, puffed up without reason by his sinuous mind, sensuous mind, and not holding fast to the head from whom the whole body is nourished and knit together through its joints and ligaments, grows with a growth that is from God. And so here we see an extenuation of this idea that we are a body of believers and that we all have different roles and duties, and we see this throughout the Scripture. We all have different gifts. There's different things that we do within the body of believers, not only within inside these 
four walls of the church, but even on the outside, the ways that we pray for each other, the ways that we help each other, the ways that we minister to each other, the ways that we encourage and teach each other. All of us have different things that we do, and we are all together one entire unit, a body, if you will, and the head is Jesus Christ. And that we are knit together, that we are drawn together down to the very joints and sinews of who we are. And so this is what binds all of us together. It's what I want to talk about today for just a few minutes. What is it that binds us all together? And if you go back to this metaphor of there being a body, we can think through this process and understand that the joints and the tendons are the things that hold us together, that knit us together. If we are not knit together, then we are completely disjointed and not connected, and we are not what we should be. If you've ever had a bone that has been disconnected, first of all, it's painful. And second of all, you know it doesn't work as well because it's not joined in like it should be. Further, this talks about how the head is where we get our nourishment from, that the body grows from. If we are not following together after Christ, then we are not nourished because He is the way that we are nourished. The head is where the nourishment enters the body and then gets dispersed to the rest. And so we must be sure as believers that we are holding fast to the head from whom the whole body is nourished and knit together through its joints and ligaments grows with a growth that is from God. And so this is a very important and foundational uh, concept that we're talking about here. And of course, we can also refer back to other books of the scriptures that talk about this. And I want to do that for just a few minutes. I want you to turn with me to Ephesians 4. Ephesians chapter 4. Leave a marker there in Colossians. We'll be back there in just a second. So flip a few pages back to the book of Ephesians in chapter 4. And I want to read verse 1 through 16. Now listen for the concept of unity and being one body, being one unit together, this idea that we grow together as the body of Christ and that we do His will together through this body. So Ephesians 4, beginning with verse 1, says, I therefore, a prisoner of the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit, the bond of peace. There is one body, one Spirit, just as you were called into one hope that belongs to your call. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over and through all and in all. But grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, it says, when he ascended on high, he led a host of captives and he gave gifts to men. In saying he ascended, what does it mean but that he had also descended into the lower regions of the earth? He who descended is the one whom also ascended far above all the heavens, that he might fill all things. And he gave the apostles the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers, to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for building up the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, 
to the measure of the statute of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth and love, we are to grow up in every way unto him who is the head, unto Christ, from whom the whole body is joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped. When each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. And so we use this as a passage to support this idea that we are knit together in unity and it takes all of us as the body of Christ to function efficiently. If you simply had a part of your body that wasn't functioning, you'd know it very quickly. All it takes for anyone who's ever broken a toe or had an issue with a toe, the little tiny thing that's attached to your body that you don't give much thought to, all of a sudden makes a huge difference in how you move and how you live. And so this is the same idea that we have within the church body. Even the one person who may seem, and I'm just saying here, may seem inconsequential, who may seem small, who may not feel like they add a lot of value when they're hurting, when they're disjointed, when they're not being in the unity of the body of Christ, the rest of the body feels the effects. And so this is why it is so important that as a body, we care for all the members, all of us who are called together, that no one really is insignificant. No one really is small. No one really is not needed. In fact, it takes all of us working together for the unity of the spirit in the bonds of peace. There is one body and one spirit. And we see that carried out how there is one hope, one belonging, one God, Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And so there is one body that is made up of a multitude of parts. And we are all given gifts and talents and abilities and roles that we are to play within that one body. This really aligns quite nicely with what I preached on or tried to preach on last Sunday, talking about women and the importance of them not only within the family, but within church and within society. And when we deny who they are and demean their value, as our society has done repeatedly over and over again, we are harming ourselves and our ability to move forward. Christ died to redeem us so that he can fit all things together, the scripture says, to bring all of us together under his unity because he is the head and he is the one who is in charge. And because of that, he then equipped each of us with special gifts so that we can uh, contribute to the body as a whole. Now, some of you may wonder what your gifts are. I'm not going to give you a quiz. I've seen that done. Maybe it's not a bad idea, but I wonder about it sometimes. But here's the point. All of us have a role and a duty to play within the body of Christ. Some of it may seem very trivial. There are some very substantial <coughs> folks who pray in this body. And it's very important. There is another who comes, takes out the trash. But that's incredibly important for our body. There are some who teach, who teach multiple classes multiple times a week. And it's 
important to our body. And none of those roles and everything in between is any more or less important than another because it takes all of us function as one body, being knit together in the unity of Christ, following the head, and I am not the head, very closely here, Jesus Christ is the head, following in unity with what He wants us to do. And when He empowers us and gives us the gift and the direction and we are following Him, then there is nothing that can or will stop us because we belong to Him. The one hope, the one God, the one faith, the one baptism, one over all. We are to grow up into what He wants us to be by being joined together, by being equipped, by working and growing in love. You'll see that theme a lot, growing in love. And so we see here through Ephesians, and again, many of you have heard this section before, and we've studied it with, in great detail, I have no doubt, in times past. But this is so important for us to understand that we are the body of Christ, those of us who know Him and belong to Him. So let me flip back now that we've continued to set the stage to Colossians and talk just a few minutes about this idea of being knit together. So returning to Colossians 2.2, we see some very important things that I want to highlight here. Let me read that again, 2.2, that their hearts may be encouraged being knit together in love to reach all the richnesses of full assurance of understanding and the knowledge of God's mystery which is in Christ. And so again, this idea of being knit together means that we have a very tight unity, that we are growing together. And I think many of you would acknowledge by hopefully shaking your heads here that if you've been here for any amount of time, whether it be a few months or a few years or your entire lives, that you see us as a body getting closer together in love, do we not? Do we not see an example just this morning of this idea that we have one who was brought up in this body, who we pray over, who we love dearly because she is a strong Christian woman who is in the next journey of her life and we talk about her as though we love her and we do. And this is so vitally important that we are engaged together in love, that we are drawn together, that we understand that what holds us together, all the different parts, is this bond of love, that we have love for one another. Love, I think we see here, is the antidote to division. Sometimes we'll have division within the body, but it should never be. And it definitely shouldn't be very long. We should, in love, encourage one another and build each other up and engage together in love because that is what knits us together. I'll pause just briefly and say, I don't think there's any division. This isn't a, hey, there's a problem sermon. This is an encouragement because we're doing the right thing and to compel us to go further. It is our love for God and our love for one another that brings us together. Later in Colossians 3.14, it even tells us, and above all these put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. This idea that we're all different parts, all different roles, all different functions. But if we love one another and we love Christ, we will be together in perfect harmony. So don't talk about being knit. That's what we're being knit in. We're being knit together in love for Christ and love for each other. But why would we even care? And maybe that's ultimately where I'm getting. What is the point of all this? What are we being knit together for? Not only for understanding, 
as the scripture says in the second verse here, assurance of understanding and knowledge of the mystery of Christ. That's certainly very important. But in the richness that we can get from this relationship. I've heard time and time again that I think is true because I don't think people say these things very flippantly. I don't know where I'd be without fill in the church and fill in your circumstance. Again, we heard that this morning as well. I can tell you the same thing. The number of times that I walk in here and someone knows just what to say to me to encourage me is astounding. And it's astounding because that is being knit together in love because you care about me. The number of times the things that we do for each other is important because we care about and love each other. We are knit together and it gives us not only understanding, but it gives us a full assurance and the richness of the things that are God's. Another translation reads it this way. The full assurance of understanding the joy of salvation resulting in a true and more intimate knowledge of the mystery of God that is Christ. And so part of this idea of being knit together, what I'm hoping to try and get across to us is it's not only valuable for us to physically be here, but when we are knit together in love, we not only understand God better, but we have a greater joy in our shared salvation. Because my salvation is the same as yours. Now my experience is slightly different, but the outcome is exactly the same. And it is one God who did that for me. It is what we have in common. It is why we are united. And it is why we are growing together. And so when we are here together and we are knit together and we love Christ and we love our fellow brothers and sisters in God, the understanding and the joy of salvation and the intimate way that we can relate to God grows more and more. That's why time and time again, we've had folks who've come in these doors who say, this is like what I used to love when I was in church a long time ago. Because the love that is here for each other comes from God and allows other people to share the joy of salvation and to have a more intimate knowledge of God. This is why it's so important. This is why we as individuals, as individual specific parts, should seek to build each other up in unity, to knit together and make sure we're all unified together because we have an impact on how other brothers and sisters experience Christ. That is part of why we are here. The opposite of this happens in verse 18. Let no one disqualify you insisting on asceticism and worship of angels, going in details about visions puffed up without reason by his sensuous mind. Let me explain that just for a minute. Several different translations may explain that differently. Let no one disqualify you. We don't want to be disqualified, do we? We don't want to be disqualified by insisting on um, that word or whatever the word is in your scripture is referring to some type of uh, holier than thou uh, self-deprecation, right? This idea, I'm going to uh, remove something from myself and I'm going to boast about it, or I'm going to worship angels, or I'm going to go on about these uh, visions and things that I've seen, or they're being puffed up or arrogant because of something they have in their mind. All of those things divide the body and keep us from joining together, from being united as we should be, and instead we're focusing on ourselves. 
See, time and time again, this is the problem. And it's the problem in our society, maybe more than it ever has been in our lives or anyone's life for that matter. It's all about us. But the reality is when we come in here, we should set ourselves aside, not patting ourselves on the back for being more religious than someone else, but instead seeking to build each other up in that unity to be one. And if we only focus on ourselves, we disqualify ourselves from the prize. Another translation says cheat, beguile, defraud, or even robbed ourselves. And so focusing too much on our individual abilities, and again, even if you're doing well, and failing to look unto Jesus Christ, who is the head of the body, and joining ourselves together, we have problems. We must focus on Jesus Christ, who is the head, who directs and nourishes us. And if we are not engaged in that, then we are not directed well, and we're actually starving. We cannot be detached from Jesus Christ, who is the head of the body. So to be knit together, once again, to bring this together, it means to be uh, compacted, if you will. It's actually closer definition in the Greek, to be compacted, to be tightly bound together. So brothers and sisters, as a body of believers, as a church, we should be tightly bound together. We should feel for each other when we're struggling. We should celebrate for each other when there is something worth celebrating. We should challenge each other to be better Christians and be better believers. And we should even call each other out when we're not going quite the right way. This idea of being knit, bound, compacted together is absolutely vital. Why do we do that? So that we become one body in Christ. Not multiple bodies, not multiple committees, not multiple sides of the church, not multiple Sunday school classrooms, but together we become one because we share the love for each other and we are knit together in our focus and desire and our growth in Jesus Christ. This is vital to who and what we are. And so it comes to the real thought I had behind this a number of months ago. The question is, can you be thoroughly knit together? Can you be compacted together? Can you thoroughly be a part of the church if you're only listening or watching it on television? I think the answer is no. Now, I am fully aware that some who may listen to this say, look, that's all I can do. I can only come every so often. I don't physically, I'm not always able to come. I understand those situations But there are many, many people today who are making the conscious choice, I'm just going to stay home and watch this on TV, or I'm going to listen to it later. The point I'm trying to make is you are missing the knitting together, the true reward that comes by being together and focusing on a task that God has given us because you are disjointed and separated. So my encouragement is come as often as you can. Find a Bible-believing church to join and be engaged and be a part of that knitting together wherever the Lord leads you. And I know this is challenging. I understand that full well. Part of that time where we felt like we should leave one body and find another, that's when I found you all. And I'm fully knitted in here. I love you dearly. You're very important to me. Every one of you. 
And I know that you are to each other. And I want to encourage you to continue to do that. So I'm not convinced that listening to the radio or reading a book or watching someone on TV is a great substitute for what we have here. It's a great addition. There are amazing men and women of God who've done amazing books and works that we should and ought to be studying. There are amazing and wonderful God-gifted preachers who we should be listening to in addition to our church service. But I don't think it's a substitute for being knit together in the actual body of Christ when at all possible you can. The other thing that I mentioned is, is it enough just to be here, just to be in attendance? I also think the answer is no. I think a part of being knit together, of being the body of Christ, means that you come, not only that you come, but that you are engaged as well. Now, some are very engaged. And maybe that's not where you can be or want to be at the moment. That's fine. But the question is, are you here and then gone? Are you attending? And again, I guess this is not necessarily directed to you, but maybe this will help you as you talk to others. Are you attending a church that's so big that no one would know whether you're there or whether you're not? But you all have friends who do that. And what surprised me, not only about the conversation I had a few months ago, but I've had this actually be told to me repeatedly, is it's like a badge of honor. Well, no one knows if I miss for a few months. I want to know if you're not here for a few months. And you want to know if your friends here in this church, your brothers and sisters, aren't here for a few months. Why? Because it means that something isn't right and the body's beginning to be disjointed, if you will. So we need to be aware of those who are around here. We need to be engaged. It's not just enough to join at a distance. And it's not just enough to um, only attend, never be involved, never come to a Sunday school, never come to a picnic, never do anything like that. Now, I'm not saying that you have to come every time the doors are open. I understand that. But we should be and ought to be involved. Why? Because it is something that gives us purpose in life. It is what helps us understand the richness of who Christ is. And it is part of what gives us the joy that we commonly share in salvation. Christ died that he might fit all things together. And if you have been redeemed, if you have been saved by his blood, then you are a part of the body of Christ. And if you are a part of the body of Christ and you have been given a different uh, ministry, a talent, a gift, a desire to do something, and sometimes those things change over time, but you are expected to follow the head, Jesus Christ, and to be nourished by what he gives you through a body of believers. And I think this is a physical, earthly body who comes together with the express purpose to follow after him so that we can be joined together to accomplish what God gives us to accomplish by being knit or compacted together to serve as one body in him. See, this is the model that Christ uses, not only for us to have a greater joy in him, but to fulfill the purpose in the world. It's why we are still here, to love him, to love each other, and to do what he has us to do. This is the model that the world wants to see, and I will be so bold to say that this is the model that the world is thirsting for today. Because even if you account your own lives... 
And maybe this doesn't apply to some of you. I bet if you think about the number of deep relationships that you have now compared to five or ten years ago, it's probably less. I call people less than I used to. I go and visit with people less than I used to. And what has come to substitute that is some type of quick email, a text, a social media. And if you really think about it, it's not as deep as it should be. Now, again, I hope everyone understands. I'm not saying, well, don't ever text anybody again. Don't ever use Facebook for something that's good. My point is, those things are augmenting the knitting together. The best way to be knit together is to be with another person, to know them, to hear their struggles, to celebrate with them, to cry with them, just to sit and laugh and talk with them. And all of the other things, the emails, the phone calls, the social media, that's nice and helps keep that distance, helps keep the relationship together. But a relationship based solely on that doesn't tend to work as well, does it? And so my encouragement for us today is to ask yourselves, are we being knit together? Am I as involved as I should be? Am I going to come to vacation Bible school? Am I going to serve the church in whatever way God has told me to do that? Am I being led to teach a class or to help teach a class? Am I being led to go and pray for certain people? Am I being led just to go and invite someone over for dinner or to take them out or to live into their lives in a certain way? What is it that God is wanting you to do? But I fully think and believe that a majority of that will be together physically. Here, somewhere else, wherever two or three are gathered, God is most certainly with them. Are we being bound together. Because when we are not, when we are not knit together in love of God and love of each other, we're actually robbed of some of our joy. And when we are not knit together, we are not as effective. It's like having multiple parts of our body out of joint. And we will not function well like that. And so I guess this is the point that I wanted to make today. What we do here on a repeated basis is vital to how we think about God. It's literally that important. And so my encouragement to you is to come, to hear the word of God, to be engaged with other believers, to come, yes, for the preaching, to come, yes, for Sunday school, to come, yes, for the um, afternoon of cookouts and fun we're going to have in a few weeks. That's a part of it too. To be knit together, to love each other so that when the time comes, when we are compelled to action, the body's ready. The body has been conditioned and is functioning together to do whatever God directs us to do. That we together as one are listening to the head, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ to know what we are to do, to be equipped to do it. This is vitally important for the health of the church. There are some here today who need to be redeemed or saved. The reality is, until you are saved, you are not actually a part of the body of Christ. No matter how much you come, 
No matter how much you attend, no matter what your role may be within the physical church, you are not actually in the body of Christ until he has saved you. And there are some here today who need to be part of this body. As in, you need to be part of the body of Christ. You need to be saved. You must experience what it's like to be convicted of your sins. You must experience what it's like to be contrite, that is broken for the sins that you have, not just know that you're a sinner, but to understand that Jesus Christ came to redeem you. And until this point, you have done nothing but literally stare in his face and walk away to be heartbroken over your sin, to go to him in confession and to be converted into him, into part of the body. And until time that happens, I certainly hope you keep coming. But we desperately need you to be a part of the body of Christ. You may be a part that we're missing. Some need to be nourished by Christ, the head. You need to be here and allow us to love on you. You may need to come and Be involved so that you can love on other people, so that you can have the full joy of your salvation, so that you can be engaged and involved and one with a body of believers who are one with Jesus Christ as the head. Some may need to officially join this body of believers. Now, I've mentioned already that you have to be saved in order to be in the body, so therefore it makes sense that we ask that you would tell us a testimony of your salvation so that we know that you are a believer. We know that you know the same Lord and the same God that we have. I don't know what God is telling you to do today, but I know that He's reminding us and telling us that we should be knit together, that there is a reason and a purpose for why we are here. Maybe you step back and you say, Well, you know what, Benji's, I, I come a lot. I tithe. I even teach a class. I'll bring baked goods for the sale. I do whatever you want me to do. I'm here as much as I can. I can't come all the time. Okay. Here's a question for you. What do you tell other people about this church? I've heard some of you talk about it. This is part of what we should sell, if you will. We should tell them about the unity and the joy that you have here. And this is why what? They should come to. Come and see what God is doing here. Come and see how these people love each other. Because you know what? Everybody who's ever walked in these doors, save one person, and that's a different story, (laughs) told me, man, y'all really love each other. This place is different. There is something about Taylor's Chapel that is different. You can tell that people love each other or they'll say something like, this reminds me of when I was a kid and we loved church and everything was great. 
Why? Because you all love each other. Let's continue to do that. Let's continue to grow tighter together, to be knit together to the point that Satan cannot drive a wedge between us to the point that we encourage each other, that we continue to lift each other up in good times and in hard, and that we move forward following the head, Jesus Christ, doing as he will, being nourished by the very word of God that he gives us, unified together, joint and knit together to fulfill his purpose on earth. Until such time, he says, we're done. And so this is my challenge to us today, that we would make sure that we are knit together, not holding fast. So let me read again, verse 18. And let no one disqualify you, insisting on asceticism or the worship of angels, going on in detail about visions puffed up without reason by his sensuous mind, and not holding fast to the head, from whom the whole body, that's us, is nourished and knit together through its joints, that's you, and ligaments, grows with a growth that is from God. And so my prayer today is that we grow with a growth that's from God. If that's by number of people, fantastic. But you know what's even better? Growth in duty and growth in service. Knitting together, growing closer together, whether it's by increasing number or not, it's better that we're together, knit together through our joints and ligaments, making sure that we're all functioning, taking care of one another, loving one another with all that we 